What's up, everybody? What is happening? What's up? What's up? We are back for another episode of the Dan and Tez Show. I am the big homie Tez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get that going. Let's get that going. (laughs) (laughs) And in front of me, again, my man Dan. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Welcome to the show. Feels great to be back. Thank you for having me once again, Martez. Yeah, man. Well, this is this is this is the Dan's and Tez show. I am on the header. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, your name's up there. Your name's up there. Your name is first. It's not about first and last, man. It's just about it's about the wave. It's about the flow. Yeah. Tez yeah. and Dan. Yeah. Dan and Tez. You know? It didn't flow with my name first. Like I tried it. I was singing it and shit. It just didn't work with my name first. Equal rights, bro. Equal yeah, opportunity. I feel you. I feel you. Right. But right. now we just for our logo, we gotta have a black man in the logo. <laughs> we'll call it the Tan and Tez show, but we'll put Tez's uh picture first. Really, it's like both our bikes. It just stays in my house. It stays house. in my house. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So uh yeah, this week, man, we're gonna we gotta backtrack on the lost episode. Yeah, so this is episode two or episode three, or is it both? It's the both. It is it's kind both of both. Because uh yeah, we're missing one this week. Uh our engineer Jay is not with us. Uh he's home with the kiddos. Mm-hmm. But he somehow, quote, unquote. <laughs> Could you hear those quotes out there? Could you hear them? Completely lost an episode. We have we have no idea what happened. And we had I feel like we had fun on that episode, man. Well, so this is the lost episode. You know, yeah. that's what this one is. And the funniest part is we showed up to do episode two. Jay sat us down with this real serious look on his face like, look, guys, I have a proposition. I'd like to be more of a permanent part of this show. And we, <laughs> what I, dude, and we were I, like, dude, like we have any idea what we're doing. You know, like, of course you're in, man. We just want to talk. Hey, yeah. We just want to plug up and talk. Yeah. And then we do this great episode about music and about the power of music and how it makes you feel and all that. And it was like this pretty long, drawn out, magical thing. Went back to our old neighborhoods, everything finished. And Jay figured out that only a couple seconds got onto his computer or something, right? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. So he said that it's not even that only a couple seconds got onto his computer. Only a couple seconds recorded. Because we just tried to hear it back. So. In the device. Yeah. So Jay asked to be part of the team as our uh, producer and engineer. Somehow manages not to record any of the second episode. And then calls out of the third episode. Calls <laughs> out, bro. So Jay, when you're editing this, we love you, dude. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Welcome to the phone. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. So this week for our... We can't even say that they like supporting us. Did you tell them that we're doing a podcast ah, and, and, and the all? the new beer? Go ahead and pop two Tez, and uh, I will uh, explain what it is. These beers are from Lone Oak Farm, uh, which is a big brewery. They are located on uh, Route 108, right outside of Alney. Anybody knows Alney now and knows this place, man. I'll tell you what, I was there when they were building it because it's very close to the another farm that I'm friends with. And I remember when the guys started rolling in there when they were like you know, digging up, you know, excavating and building the place. Then it opened and not too long after it opened, it was COVID. So it was, that's a hard hit for a new mm-hmm. business, which yeah. looks like it costs a lot of money just to build it up. Somehow they made it through that. And since restrictions have lifted because they're outdoors, that place is packed. I'm talking I'm like sure. there is I'm no, sure. whenever their hours are, they don't, they're not every day of the week. I think they're like Wednesday through Sunday or something, yeah. but it's a sea of cars there. It's immensely packed every time I've been there since people have been allowed to go there. So yesterday was the same. I went after work. I wanted to pick up some brews and it was like live music playing. Oh, they do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this place is, a, it's, they keep building on different pavilions and they had these little like yurt looking tents that you could rent and have a okay. private party in and they had music and it's Oktoberfest. 
podcast right now and it was just off the hook. There's so much stuff going on there. It's a little bit intense to go there when it's busy. You feel like surround, you know, it's just a lot going on around you, but props to them for being as popular as they are. I, I really want to taste their beers and see how they're their craft is okay. You can have the okay. you can have the best looking place, but you gotta have you gotta, the best yeah, looking yeah, suds to back yeah, it up. Yeah. So so I, I saw the guy I know there. His name is Charlie. He's one of the owners. I kind of gave him just a quick head nod and got a couple different varieties and rolled out. You okay. Know? Yeah. Mask or no? It's mask. If you go inside to order, like you know, they have like the indoor ordering station and like the actual brewery and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you got to mask up to go in, wait in line, get your beers. But once you get outside and sit at your table mask is it's up to you yeah no worries and i saw some folks wearing masks full time some folks not caring at all some folks you know with a hanging around their necks so it's yeah. it didn't feel gross like covid gross it felt gross like uh lalapalooza gross. Like it, it's packed Ew. man you know it's a lot of people you yeah. know i can't i getting older man i can't do i, I like I, can't, I just can't do it man i can't do packed places i can't do people all in my ish, like my like I give me my five feet. I, it's important now. Like, yeah, I was, I'm gonna start fake sneezing and spitting <laughs> with people. I like you know I like intimate settings. You know I I do like I really want to go back to see live shows again. I wouldn't mind going to clubs, nine thirty club and Fillmore and like I wouldn't mind going back to places like that. But in bursts, you know, like I don't know if I could do all day, all day on the nah, festival nope, thing. Nope, I don't nope, know, just nope. but. A concert, a show, an event, something. It needs I'm to be down. worth I'll it. A party. It needs to be worth it. Okay, so which ones did you pick? What All we got? Right. You have, what do you have? This is the weird one. The Plum Crazy Sour Ale with plums, coriander, and sea salt. I got the, was it Merzen yeah. style Fest Beer? Yeah. This is the I, B-I-E-R. Fest Beer. Fest Beer. Beer. Which is, what is, what is it? That's the Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, the Oak. Oktoberfest. Oh, I see what they did. Yeah, of I course. see what they did. Yeah, yeah okay, okay. <laughs> of course, yeah. But they, they really changed it up. I think that's the freshies. I think that's probably their newest release because it's probably for the beer garden okay. and stuff for this month. Okay, the beer garden. So yeah. is it? I mean, it's not really hitting like telling us what we're looking at. Like no kind of notes or anything. So uh, I guess we're just gonna get into it and judge. It's a six point three alcohol content. So you ain't throwing a bunch of these back. I could tell you that much. I do like that you see the note on the back of the can this is their mission statement we are fathers and brothers builders and outdoorsmen sowers and harvesters we're beekeepers and brewers and american dreamers we're friends we're family we are lone oak farm brewing company that's beautiful okay yeah okay that's pretty cool let's see what you swing it with all right lone oak five i give it a five in the pot in the pot yeah i give it a five i give it a four and seven thirty seconds okay so <laughs> before we sip okay the ambiance what, you, what would you rate the ambiance the property for it starting as just a big open field is beautiful the staff was helpful they, they were they were rushed man they were in the weeds you know they're doing their thing my only critique against it would be you got to be into the crowd if the crowd ain't your style the specific only crowd then i don't know if it's your cup of tea but you go out there and check them out and be the judge to decide. Okay. Cheers. Cheers, bro. Not bad. Ooh, that's smooth. That's not heavy at all. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. That's no. probably their newest beer, man. Yeah, that's their Oktoberfest. Yeah, that's not heavy, man. That's that's real. It's real. Uh, that's a lagger. That's a lagger. It's gotta uh, be. The, the Marzen style, it's a, it is a, I think it is a Belgian Lager. style. That, that rest is like the Marzen, whatever. Yeah. The color of it is like, um, kind of, kind of like a reddish goldish color. The Plum Crazy, I'll tell you, man, the sour is all the way there. It's live. It's a live sour, but the, well, you tell me what you taste. It's tart. Mm -hmm. Real tart. You can taste the plum. For it being a plum beer, you don't get a heavy plum 
as you should. But it's definitely, you definitely get the plum taste, but it is t- that bad boy's tart. It's tart, which I mean, you want your sour to kind of hurt you a little yeah. bit. I taste the sea salt. I taste a huge amount of sea salt, especially in the aftertaste. Yeah. I feel like I got yeah. seawater in my mouth almost, yeah, you know? Yeah. I almost feel like it's a little bit overboard on the saltiness because it's sour and salty. Like, I just had a sip of yours and that helped refresh me from it, the sip of mine. It yeah, <laughs> a yeah. lot of sour and a lot of salt. Yeah. 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 So, so it's intense, but let's see how it is uh, halfway through. You know, I'm, I'm gonna let it go. A lager is a definitely throw it down style beer. Cause you think about, especially in our heydays, and we were drinking laggers like Miller Lite, Heineken, all kinds of, you know, stuff like that. And just, all that. Yeah, throwing them back. So this one, because it's so light, it's not empty. It's just not as, you know, not as heavy as. Uh, that is actually kind of cool. Cause it's what, like 6%, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time, Marzins are heavier and higher in alcohol. So that they kind of went with yeah. a crushable Marzen. That's pretty dope. I'm that, not a heavy, that one's I don't really, really like a heavy, I like a delicious, but not really a heavy, heavy beer. I I, I like them in the winter. Um, dude, Krista, the other night, my, my beautiful, gorgeous wife, Krista, she uh, was in the mood for a dark beer, but the only solo that they had at the store was um, a tall boy Guinness can, mm. right? Tall boy. She's like, yeah, I want a dark beer. So she bought this tall boy Guinness and she drank it over the course of like the evening, you know? <laughs> But by the end of the night, she was like, <sighs> I was like, yeah, that's a lot of stout to, oh to, to put down. Guinness you know? is just, yeah. Guinness is, I can respect the hustle, yeah. but yo, that is a trash ass beer. But bro. I'll tell you when the weather, right now we're in October and it's, it's, it's a pretty warm, you know, good warm day today, but pretty soon it's going to cool off. I'm going to bring some stouts to the table. Don't you bring for, no for some future episode. No, not Guinness, man. I'm talking they're, like they're some stout, man. Stouts make my stomach. Some hurt, local bro. stouts. They just dude. just looking at them make my stomach. Yeah, hurt. but have you? I get heavy in the throat. <laughs> but yeah, but have you had like the local guys? You know the the the, no, the places I, where I look getting... right past it. I, I go right past the stout, then, bro. Then we're right definitely we're giving Ted some stouts, y'all. Oh god, yeah, we're gonna do it, man. There's gonna be a lot of crap talking <laughs> in these episodes coming up with this stout. You'd I'm, be surprised. I'm not. I'm not. I just uh, just even look at it, man. It just does not. It don't do it for me. The the um, milk house stout. I had one for my wedding anniversary last month. It was the last thing I had. I was drinking like some pilsners and you know a couple you know new releases that they had. But the last beer of the day, I got the stout. Delicious, bro. Yeah, like dessert. You yeah. know, not not sweet wise, but just like the finisher. You know, that was it. Yeah, right. yeah, it hits. Right. Yeah. Right. Let's get into this music conversation, man, because I, I feel like now we have to since we got to backtrack a little bit. We've talked about how long we've been in the music, like our history with music. Music or whatever you know let's just get into why why we why we play what we play what 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 about metal did it for us and really man we have not even talked about where we are now because everybody a lot of people that are listening won't be surprised to know that we're still playing together yeah well i guess we 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 start where where anybody should not the beginning of our story but the beginning of our of your story with music like when did music look at you and say like made a big um, a say, big and say i'm yours yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. what got you started as crazy as this sound it, it was being it was all out of jealousy i remember it i was three years old tiny ted and we were in church you know everything was going on the music was going on or whatever i just i was watching the drummers play the drums just sitting there watching the drummers play the drums and 
in the middle of service, I got up and went and sat on a drum set. Never played a drum a day in my life. Just, I just wanted to. I just wanted to do what they were doing, so I just went and sat down Wait, on the drums, like at a at a at a break, like, like like when no one was playing. You crept up on stage and sat at the drum kit. Yeah, they were still singing and stuff, but it was in between a song to the <laughs> next song, and uh, yeah, I went and just sat on sat there, like didn't do nothing. Did They're singing and everything, and I'm just sitting there. You didn't even pop pop. pop. No, nothing. <laughs> And uh, this dude, this dude, I can't remember his name, man. This dude came, put drumsticks in my hand, and did the drum motion for me to keep up with the song. The rock beat, eh? Yeah, just to keep up with the song. Yeah. And um, after that, man, every Saturday I would go, and he'd be there, and he'd sit down and teach me a little something. Sit, sit down and teach me a little song. So do you remember the first songs you heard, whether church songs, radio songs, whatever, that really like spoke to you? Like the first music that, that you were a fan of? Like what you, wow. Growing up in music, it was all church music. My mom was really strict in a way about like, we didn't really listen to a lot of, you know, secular as they call it. So the first, first rock band, I don't even call it, what do you call them? Sky was Real Big Fish. That was like my yeah. first kind of, yeah, because was, uh, yeah. a ska band was my first band band. So that's what, mid, mid 90s, right? Or early uh, 90s? So the band, uh, Brass Riot was 90, had to be like 97-ish. So Real Big Fish was out probably like 93. Before that, yeah, 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 yeah. So what about Michael Jackson? Like what about? Uh, I, I knew Michael Jackson. Yeah. But, but, uh, but didn't it wasn't, really, it wasn't, wasn't no, a thing. no, it was just something that was on. Yeah. Didn't really get me like that. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. because I only played drums in church. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that was it. Like, I just knew when we get to church, your boy's about to beat some drums. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They ain't call it playing. They call it beat the drums. <laughs> yeah, my mom, that's what my mom used to say all the time. Go beat the drums. So then when I got, when I was at, at Paint Branch, and I was in the ska band. That was like my first taste of like like playing rock, whatever you want to call it. So being in Brass Riot, I did that one show. I guess after it, I kind of I kind of hit like a little because they fired me after the one show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like one show and they fired me. Suckers. I know. I know. I know. They couldn't handle all this. Couldn't handle the sweatpants. <laughs> Can't handle the sweatpants. Yeah, and it was man. That was before sweatpants was even a thing, man. Marching band, ska band. That's when I knew you. That's like when I met you, man. Yeah, yeah you, you were doing Marching band was a different, it was a different beast, man. Marching band was different. Yeah. It was di It was fun. I had so much fun in marching band, but it wasn't, it, it didn't have the same feel, you know, it didn't give off the same of what we gave off in our rock career. Doesn't give you the buzz, Hitting the man. stages yeah, and stuff like that. You don't get the buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a certain buzz. Doesn't matter where you're playing when you're doing your own original music and you're- That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. It's that, that rush, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it. yo, but like, we've never, we've never, we don't have a cover song. We've never played a cover song. We did some funny ones. Like we, we messed around with Yeah, stuff. we messed what? around with Justin Timberlake and we messed around with uh I don't know. We did some funny covers over the years, but we've always I mean, dude, me going back even further, I learned how to play everything on guitar growing up. I took lessons. My teacher was really, really cool. He wanted to know what I wanted to learn. So I learned all kinds of punk and metal and classic rock and even Spanish guitar, all that stuff taking lessons. But uh, from the get, from the drop, dude, I was writing my own songs from, I don't know, 13, 14 uh -huh. on, uh -huh. you know, like that's been me. Sometimes I want to be in a cover band. I've been in other people's bands and learned their music yeah, and performed yeah, it. And yeah. I, I get the draw of it. It's like, ah, uh, you know, here I am. Uh, it's There's a lot less in, a lot less at stake. You're not putting your own feelings and your own art on the line. You're just yeah, playing exactly, someone else's exactly, stuff. Exactly. 
But exactly. I think that's the that's the buzz though too. The buzz is we did this. This is us. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. huge. You yeah. Know? That's why I never wanted to I never wanted to all them bands that approach me because they had stuff. issues with yeah. their drummer. Because <laughs> <laughs> even uh, 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 Brian from um, Baltimore, what was it, Baltimore Sound Industries or whatever they were called. BSM, which is a hard, it's very, very close to something that's very, very different, you know. <laughs> BSM, Baltimore Sound Management. Management? Yeah, yeah, something like that. He tried to get me to join, um, I can't remember the name. It was our first show at Rams Head Live as The Banished. Oh, the... It was Halloween, no? When it, uh, I think both shows we played at Ram's Head were Halloween shows. Maybe. and uh, The one with God Forbid was the first show. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He had the singer of the band come and approach me. And I was like, bro, like, that's not cool, man. That's not cool, man. Like, I, I, I've... I've made it a point to turn down bands. I never wanted to be a cleanup drummer. Yeah. Never. I yeah. never wanted to be a cleanup drummer, man. That's not me. Everything we did, we created. We created the feel in our music. We created the style in our music. Like, the way we played... We can look at each other on stage during a show and still be like, we could be like, yo, skip that part, go to the other part. But not without saying a word. It's just a look. We Chem created a chemistry, chemistry yeah. yeah. Chemistry. A whole chemistry yeah. of a language that only we speak. We yeah. built that. So it was hard. It would have been so hard for me to try to translate that with somebody else, especially a bunch of dudes that I don't even know. I felt it would never work. You know they're going to be nine times out of ten. They're going to be like, nah, I need you to play this like this. The other drummer did it like this. Yeah. So I need you to play it like, nah, bro. It's not going to work. It's, it's a not going to work. You me. know, I, I, like I said, my, my enjoyment of doing that gig was, uh, was that really all I had to do was just act like a maniac and play the guitar yeah that yeah, was it I, yeah. I, as long as i knew the songs which i learned the songs really fast so i had the songs down so it was just about how crazy i can be that was when i was in a band and i was a dude crawling up in the ceiling rafters and jumping out Hanging into the crowd yeah because yeah, that was yeah, my job yeah, that was it yeah. you know i didn't have to worry about the business i didn't have to book the shows i didn't gotta do yep. nothing all i have to do is just be nuts yeah. you know so that was fun but that pales in comparison to being nervous as hell to get up in front of people and play handful of songs that we that, that that this unit wrote themselves and projecting it gives you butterflies it gives you goosebumps it makes you sad it makes you it makes yeah. you everything dude it's it's magical i yeah. still have those feelings about stuff that we did years ago because yeah. we did it forever man yeah man forever we man. did it and that's stuff that will stick around yeah forever That's we're always point. gonna be on youtube we're always gonna be you got <laughs> well, dvds maybe and, don't and, check out the youtube selection as much you know like try to try, try to let the music speak to you and tell you what what uh you be the judge of 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 how yeah, it makes for you sure, feel. Yeah. for sure. But still, <laughs> not bro, the, check not us the out. YouTube, bro. Yo, get them, get them numbers up. There's a we lot. Need of, there's a lot of shirtless Dan <laughs> on the YouTube, bro. <laughs> we need them numbers. Get them numbers up. No matter what year was put up there. I got something that goes with what you're saying with with uh, the feel of music. What drove me to be the type of musician I am today came from from like you like you uh, got in with the church, marching band, ska, and you found yourself, you know? So for me, my parents were were very into music growing up. They weren't musicians themselves, but they listened to tons of stuff. So no bull. You know how uh, every kid gets a uh, present for peeing in the potty, right? Like mm -hmm. when you first go pee in the potty, right? So my mom was working me on peeing in the potty, you know, whatever, two or three, whatever, however old you are. When I finally did it, she's like, what do you want for your for your gift? You know, she was thinking like a big wheel or uh, something, right? And I wanted a Bruce Springsteen cassette tape. That was what okay. I wanted for my gift. Okay. So she got me Born in the USA Bruce Springsteen cassette and... 
she had to pump that joint in the Volvo every single day until she almost wore the tape out, you know, because, and I would just sing at the top of my lungs to Bruce Springsteen. So for, with me, music was essential. And uh, my mom was the Beatles. She was uh, huge into Genesis. She liked Tina Turner. She listened to jazz, which I hated as a kid, you know? But like Kenny G jazz, you know what I'm saying? Soft jazz, you know, soft jazz. My dad was more of a rock and roller. He's an immigrant that moved to America. So he was really into American rock and roll. ZZ Top, The Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, you know, like any kind of big rock hit. That's my dad's style. Those two things were in my head a lot. And I was lucky enough to really get into music in the early 90s for the grunge boom. So I started as a grunge kid. I started listening to Nirvana and uh, Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and all all those big original grunge bands. But I researched them. I wanted to know their stories. So through Nirvana and Soundgarden, that got me to Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and punk, you know, uh, Black Flag and Bad Brains. And that got me into the DC scene with like Minor Threat and Scream. Before I knew it, I was this very young kid that had a very old connection to music that was around way before me. And that started me. I started playing guitar when I was 11 and I started learning punk songs, Iron Man and um, old Green Day records, Minor Thread and Fugazi or whatever, all that stuff. So I started there. And then growing up as a teenager, I got more into metal, Metallica and Pantera and all that, Sepultura and good stuff like that. But I had some buddies. One, One of my best friends in the world, his name is Jesse. He came from the West Coast. He came from New Mexico. So So he brought me Cypress Hill, Bone Thugs and Harmony and Snoop. And he was my neighbor, like he lived right down the street. So he got me into that. So then that got me into East Coast hip hop. That got me into Biggie and Wu-Tang and Nas and Jay-Z, all those names. So by the time I was in high school, like when I met you, by the time I met you at 15, 16, I had so much love for hip hop and rap. And I had so much love for punk and for rock. I was just like really into the idea of black musicians and white musicians and the way both of them are portrayed. And God, man, it, it really kind of made me into my own independent musician. I, I, I can't cover songs. Right, I right, love it too much, right, you know, right, like, yeah. Right. So that's my background for, for how, I, how, how I got this way. I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey. I tell you what, man, it's been for both of us. I mean, you got to think, man, we wrote our first song. You on the pocket rocket, me on the drums, and Reza on the, uh, not the keyboard. Uh, turntables. Turntables, yeah. Samples, yeah. yeah. Reza on samples. And we played that one riff for like 45 minutes. Sure, man. It was a good riff. <laughs> 45 minutes. It was a good riff, bro. Very good Which riff. Which later became a song yeah, that we, yeah. Yeah, we wrote. And that was our first song, though. Yeah, we wrote man. our first song. And that was during the time when I was, remember, I used to, it took like damn near a year of me getting on y'all nerves about let's start a band man dude let's start a band dude, let's start a band you let's start a band yeah tez was tez was uh, he was staying on me like let's start a band let's start a band and i was already in some garage bands in high school and i was like i don't know whatever you know, i don't know what about the future and and uh you know after high school i don't know what i'm gonna do anymore and whatever until i heard you play like when you finally strapped me down and got behind the drum kit in reza's basement and i think you put on mtv and it was, which which was playing no 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 no, no. it was playing music no, what videos happened back was, then. what happened was 
Remember the time? Remember? Because you and Reza picked me up from work one day. And there was that show with Matt Penfield or Allie Lauder. Lauder, whatever her name is. They used to come on. Papa Roach was on there. And I went and bought the Papa Roach CD. Dude, yeah. And uh, I remember that when, yeah, you, when and, we picked you up. Yeah. And we, you put the CD yeah, in. And we went to Reza. I was like, yo, I can play this joint. I can play this joint on the drum. Oh, that's what got us there. I can play this joint on the drum. That's drums. what got yeah. us there. Yeah. And you and Reza were like, dude, you can't play this. You can't play this. And I was like, yo, I'm telling you. I could play this song on the drums. And we went to Reza's house and I played Cut My Life Into yeah. Me. I played that joint on the drums. I think I figured it out on guitar too, right? Yeah. We were covering yeah, it, Yeah, right? we were playing yeah. it, yeah. And then it was a little bit after that when we started messing around. All I remember is you put on MTV and, and they were playing real music videos still at the time. And every video was coming on. You would like, wait, start listening to it. And then you'd start like, you'd, f you'd figure it out. And then boom, you'd go into it on a drum kit, so you couldn't hear the TV anymore for shit. <laughs> but you would play the song note for note, dude. And it didn't matter what came on. If it was Creed, if it was uh De La Soul, if it was whatever, you know, like it doesn't matter who it was, you could you could bang it out. And I was Bro. like, whoa, this guy is fierce. <laughs> I was like, man. It was something I, I want I knew I wanted to do. Cause I, you know, I in in uh, middle school, it, it, I can't remember the bass player name. The guitar player, this dude named Gavin, and there was another drummer named Bruce. And we did a we did the talent show. It was me on the drums on a regular drum kit, and then my man Bruce had a drum kit too. But it was like it wasn't all the way a full drum kit. You know what I'm saying? Gavin on guitar, and I can't remember the dude's name that was playing bass. And we, yo, we wrote a joint. We wrote a joint. It was like, it was semi-rockish. Yeah. We wrote it, and in the middle of the performance, so we would do it, play the joint for like five minutes, and then I'd do a solo, and then, uh, then me everyone, and Bruce yeah, yeah, would every, switch, yeah, 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 and he'd yeah, play yeah. the regular kit, and I'll go play the other kit, and then he'd get a solo, and then we end it. And after that, I had a new new fame in middle school, bro. Uh, like I had a new fame in middle school. Can play, and then dude. after that, I like <laughs> I was like, yo, I like I even I was that dude. I was like, man, let's start a band, man. Let's start a band. You know what I mean? And then it just it didn't work out. Like it just it didn't happen. So my next thing was marching band. You yeah. Know, when I got to high school, yeah, marching band. You're you know? a snare, right? You're a snare. I played uh I played bass drum first. I didn't I didn't play snare until my senior year, and then you know I ended up getting kicked out yeah. and coming to Springboro. Yeah, and I didn't play. I didn't. I wasn't in the band in the marching band. It was that paint branch. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. in. I mean, I was in marching band, jazz band, concert band, one other band, and that's when I got to Springboro. I was in jazz band, and I can't remember the teacher's name, but uh when I first I remember when I first got there, the first class, he was like. What do you play? And I said, the drums. I could play the drums. And he was like, no, what do you play? And I was like, the drums. <laughs> like, the entire drum kit. And he was like, okay, okay. Like, he didn't believe me. And uh, there was a dude, Moses Watson was in that class too. And Moses was on the drum kit. And the teacher told him to let me play. And I sat down and, and uh, he was just like, all right. Go for it. And, bro, I just went nuts. Scott Green was in my class, too. Scott Green was in our class. I believe it. I and, believe uh, that you went nuts, my friend. <laughs> I just sat down and went nuts. <laughs> and they all were like, okay. And, like, Moses Moses was like, yo, like, man, you should, you know, we... He was trying to start a go-go band or whatever. Yeah. I just wasn't like I don't know. Like I by then I started getting into like Deftones and, mm -hmm. and like I was heavy in the Deftones in yeah, high school. Yeah, man, bro. heavy yeah, in the Deftones. But I wasn't like yeah, I remember all we would rock when we were riding around back then. All we would be rocking was Deftones and uh, Outcast. Yo, the Aquemini. Oh my god, dude, we played that thing like 
<laughs> Everywhere, dude. Hands down, one of the best albums. It's like fine wine, bro. Period, dude. Fine Period, wine, man. man. Equimini yeah. is one of the best albums out in the world. Period, <laughs> Big man. shout out to Outcast, man. If y'all ever want to come back, please do us all a favor, man. <laughs> Big Boy doing it on his own. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Big Boy's doing it on his dude, own. They're both as, And this goes back to, you know, as, as music, as feeling with music, man. Outcast, like you think about it now at the time when you were listening to Outcast, you know, and the, the the situations you were going through where you just had to like chill out and listen to some music. You know what I'm saying? I'd be, you know, broke up with your girlfriend yeah, or whatever, yeah. like your thirteenth high school yeah, relationship. Man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, How many times you fell in love in high school, bro? You know what I mean? Like every girlfriend you had in high school, you fell in love with. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And you just, Puppy it was love, music, man. bro. It was music, yeah. man. Back in the day sure. when you made mixtapes, we had to sit next to the radio and hit record, hit record when it comes on. on. Yeah, yeah. Once you, real, once you get a little bit better of a boombox, then you can have the CDs and you can dub the CDs onto bro, a tape. You know, you can dub it. CDs weren't until... Dude, CDs? CDs ain't get to pop until like 95, 96. No, dude. There. CDs? Yeah, not dude. A, CDs was a, a, a upper class thing back in the day. Well, I'll say early 90s, at least. Sorry to be your upper class. <laughs> From my uh, gas station background and whatnot. But um, my uncle got me... Nirvana's Nevermind when it came out in 1991. That's 30 years ago. No, four, wait, what is it? 91? Yeah, 30 years ago. Yeah, that's 30 years ago. I'm pretty sure this month, you know, it's right around this time. My uncle got it for me. From there, I bought a few CDs after that. I got like the Michael Jackson CD, Dangerous. I got... Crisscross. Crisscross. I got uh Warm it up, Chris. Yeah, man. Like I, whatever was popping for kids, you know. Like I got yeah, a couple yeah, kids yeah, CDs. Yeah. And, uh, and so yeah, early 90s, man. You know, I guess I guess tapes were more of an 80s thing and CDs were more of a 90s thing. Tapes? Because for a while, like Go Go and all that, Go Go only came out on tapes for the longest. I, I think the best the Go-Go is probably longest. still on tapes. On tapes? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all, it's, it has, it's shifted. Go-Go has shifted. They call it, uh, the new shit now is the, the bounce beat. With it, dun, dun, dun. Da, da, da. Like it's just yeah. constant, like it's the bounce beat. But like we're more used to like that old school pocket, dirty, you know what I'm saying? Dirty stuff. Yeah. yeah. When they just <laughs> rocking and just all you hear is a strum up and down the keyboard real quick. Yeah, That's dude. all you hear. And then the, just and drums then the and horns then. are coming in for the yeah. one note. You know? We all random. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Do, do, do. Do, 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 That's do. All, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Just hold yeah. that one note. It's just like God. Pocket rocket. Yeah, That's what yeah. I love. A good pocket in go go. Like it makes it it it, it takes you there, man. Yeah, it man. takes you there. Yeah, it takes yeah. you there. Like I'll be halfway out my truck. <laughs> These bamas cranking. Uh, dude. <laughs> These bamas cranking, Joe. Yeah, dude. Anytime junkyard comes on, dude, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. That's how I feel about backyard, yeah, man. Yeah. Backyard. That's they. It's just it, and uh, yeah, junk junkyard. They're some innovators. Yeah, they're some innovators. Yeah, they're the man. session band. You know what I like now that that doesn't remind me of Gogo, but the the feel of it and the um, I guess the scene, like 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 the 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 people that listen to it. It reminds me of the Gogo scene is uh Spanish reggaeton. You heard the Spanish reggaeton yet? It's like it's not trap. It's not as much like Bad Bunny or any of that. But it's like this. I think it's called it's either called Spanish or Latin because they, they, they it's going to be a difference but i think it's spanish reggaeton and it's just dark and dirty and like it just has this <laughs> it has this thing that'll make you move dude like gogo will make you move 
You know? Yeah. 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 Hip hop might make you think. Rock and roll might make you bang your head. But there are some music that just makes you move. You know, I'll tell you what, mind, body, and soul. Not even like being in junkyard or or in back because I've never been, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And neither. But one thing that's cool to see, man, is uh, there's there's a video on YouTube and I'm pretty sure it's junkyard. It may be junkyard or Northeast Groovers. And they went somewhere up north. And then the whole room is just nothing but like older white people, bro. What? Yeah. <laughs> and they rocked Did they rock it? Rocked it. People were in the crowd, like yeah. people were going, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like like suits and ties and shit. And they're in the crowd going yeah. nuts, dude. Yeah. Like Damn. talk about a transition, man. Like Yo, like, you know they what I'm saying? It, yeah. yeah, you yeah. rocked a room full of white collar, <laughs> pencil pushing, you know what I'm saying? Real professional, like sip tea with your pinky out. Yeah. Like, you know, it was, you know, it was Dockers and Sketchers all in that joint. And they were rocking, bro. They were rocking, <laughs> man. sliding across the floor. Like old ladies <laughs> trying to twerk, but it did one work an album, you know what I'm saying? That's cool. That's <laughs> a awesome. A popped out of place or two. <laughs> it was, they were just like, they were going for it. I'm a hurt tomorrow. Like, I'm going to hurt tomorrow, but I'm going to love tonight. (laughs) That's it. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. That was like the awesome. Man, that was so good to see, man. Like, it just, it it, it made you feel a kind of way, especially being, you know, that's all right, being from here, man. Like, Yeah, that's DC music right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, metal is universal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, well, metal is a tricky, that's a tricky uh, thing to say because some people say Led Zeppelin is the first metal band. I don't think so at all. I think Led Zeppelin is the, uh, was a, uh, was a phenomenal psychedelic blues band. You know, that's, that's what I see him as, but Black Sabbath could probably be the first metal band. Uh, yeah. They're from, the, and they're from, they're from over there, you know, they're from the UK yeah. uh, and they come from the streets, you know? I think metal is music for a certain type of person. I don't think it comes from anywhere, you know? Like, like, like I think it's just either you've, you've got to end, you may have it in you for a while and then it's not you anymore. You right. know, maybe it's right. your own angst, maybe it's your own darkness, Maybe it's just the energy of it, you know? What I mean, we played some very, very, very brutal metal in our in our days. I mean, we've had songs that are just devastatingly heavy, but I've never felt evil, you know? Have you ever felt, like, dark and, uh... Not dark. Yeah. Not so much dark, but anger, I will say, kind of put... Uh, it kind of really boosted me playing the way I played. I was all over the place, mentally and physically. You know that I was all over the place. You said before. You said before that the the sweatpants came from you feeling like you always have to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah because uh, you know when when we when we would play these shows, man, you had your bands here and there. You had se- Seven Dust. You had uh, God forbid, and you had a couple other bands where the black guy was respected enough because they've been you know they their name was out there. So a it came with a certain level of shoes to fill especially being in metal and then b i had to be extra on because i'm the i'm a black guy in metal yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so that came with his own problems in some cases because i just even if we were good i'm like i i just didn't get the respect and people some people let you know about dude, it dude look man i have always felt this way and actually it's funny i taught this to to my daughter not too long ago she she started asking me zia started asking me randomly she's like who is the king of pop i said michael jackson she said who is uh the king of rock and roll and my answer to her is elvis aaron presley is the king of rock and roll for all intents and purposes however so is chuck berry 
and so is Little Richard. They just don't get the credit for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All Elvis Presley was was a very striking, handsome, young white dude that came from the South and got into the original rock and roll of Chuck Berry and Little Richard yeah. and fell in love with yeah. it and played it for himself. But because he's white, he took it to the moon, you know, <laughs> you know, which is messed up. But that's how things were back then. You know, yeah. that's how it was. You can play this game with every kind of music, though, Tez. If you talk about blues, it came from the fields. That's where blues started. It didn't come from a bunch of guys in Sun Studios recording records yeah. for. Yeah. It came from the fields. And it goes like that through almost everything. You do get a little bit of love for, um, jazz was kind of all over the place. I mean, you have your your, your your grandfathers, your Duke Ellingtons and all that. But I do think that, I can say all this and say that it's not fair, but I also feel like music has been one of the most colorblind art forms ever, as far as even when racism was huge, you know, pre-civil rights and all that, black musicians were a cut above. They were allowed with white people because they're a musician. You know, when you look at like uh, that poor or soul, uh, Billie Holiday, you know? Yeah, Billie Holiday yeah. was a celebrity, you know? She was a rock star. She was a mess, you know, because of what the whole life did to her. But she was a somebody. Um, what's the guy, Rat Pack? Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis. Yeah, he was impressive, man. Like, he was famous. He was rich. He was respected because he played he, music. He didn't get the singular noise on his own until after... You know, rap pack, and he started doing stuff on his own. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think the, the, I think if you could go back to Africa, to the tribes and the drums and the, the, you know, everything that went along with it, you know, that's that's the beginning of music, man. That's where yeah. it started, <laughs> you know. So, so you know, yes, it's hard to be a black man as a drummer. But it's always been in you, man, you know? Also, too, is, is you know, like I said, it's, it wasn't what was expected, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. By so many other standards, I should have been doing hip-hop or been playing go-go or something like right, that. Right, right. So, I mean, I'll say at least I took it and ran with it. Like, I ran with it. You made me heavier, you know? Like, I, 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 I think about that a lot. Like, we started in the basement with a little drum kit and a pocket amp, right? Uh -huh. You play super hard and super loud, right? So I had, then I had my combo amp. Then I beefed up and got my first half stack with the cabinet in the head. And then I got a better cabinet and then I got a better head. And now looking over off in the distance, I see three cabinets, three heads. This is all gear that I've built over the years just to keep up with Tez and the the the, the sheer force that's going to come out of him on the drum kit, man. Yeah, I have, we, we have Reza's kit to play. Remember I started with Brett's kit first? And he got mad that I was playing his drums. Yeah. Well, in the basement. There. You're talking about yeah, the basement so we had to, yeah. yeah, we had to take Reza's kit over yeah, to my yeah. house. This original Yamaha Custom was my first drum kit. My first yeah, drum kit. Yeah. My personal first drum set. The OG. At 20 years old. <laughs> um, when I turned 20 years old. You've been playing old, for... Shamsi yeah. bought that for me. Wow. For my 20th birthday. That's awesome. Yeah. The videos are everything that we produced. And my plane being out there. And I just got, I got my first kit at 20 years old. Like, I ain't, I ain't trying to, you know, boost myself, but that's something, man. What I'm trying to say is, you're putting yourself out there so much. Intensity. Yeah, man. your intensity was so much that I had to make my amps bigger, but also I had to play more. Like, like what you did for me is um, you made me try harder. You were my, you know, you were my competition, but you're my, um, you're the one that I'm, I'm playing off of. Yeah, so the harder yeah, you go, yeah. the harder I have to go. And yeah. that directly translated into 
the way that I wrote the songs for for De Novo, for Banished, and the stuff that we're doing now, it's all based upon how I'm going to get Tez's go-ahead. Like, if I can grab Tez with a part of a song, then I know it's going to work, you know? Like, if I play something and you're like, "Mm, that's pretty cool, I'll just play it really, really fast, and that'll be it, you know? (laughs) I know you're not really into it, but if I can get you going, like, if if me and you can find that, that groove and find that connection... Then. Remember, like when we first started getting like extremely heavy in De Novo, we went like we went Deftones and above with the way we were writing stuff. Yeah. You could think about every time we rewrote Eyes, you could see how by Eyes Three it was like that de- real Deftone S, <laughs> real Deftone S, man. So then after that was when we really started to like you know do our Deftones, but add like Lamb of God, and then after it trickled on to like Lamb of God as I lay dying, and like you know, and then Dude. then. The Banish was born, and that just like yeah. that was a teat of a whole different beast of what we were doing. But we were headed in that direction anyway, yeah. and we had to we had to do extreme. We had to get extremely heavy. We, we were lucky. We 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 were in metal in a heyday of metal. I think like that mid that early to mid two thousands scene of metal when all these now they're gigantic bands. You know uh, when you talk when you talk about Lamb of God and Killswitch and Killswitch and, and yeah. Unearth and like these these huge names. But back then they were like underground. There's underground music that we were listening to. Their shows were the shows were amazing. Going to those shows, man, there was so much in those shows. God, man, like I finished the sour. By the way, for uh, all you keeping score, the Lone Oak Sour, although it was kind of overly salty in the beginning, it went down good. It didn't gross me out halfway through. And sometimes with beers with lots of different accessories, you know, plums, coriander, and sea salt, it's like, hey, it could get gross. This didn't get gross. Round two. I'm on the Oktoberfest now. I'm on, uh, this one is called Sandbar Tropical IPA. I think, uh, yes, yeah, IPA. I think it's talking for itself. Tropical is going to have some kind of fruit. It's got to have some sort of yeah, fruit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what this bad boy hitting like. Mm. Is it good? Yeah. 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 That's the one. You will never get a reaction for an IPA that I'm out of Yeah, you're not fan. a huge IPA fan. I'm not an IPA dude at all. And that hit, that hit different. I can't tell what fruit that is, but it's a sweet. The sweet brings that IPA bitterness yeah. all the way down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a nice finish. Man, let me try it, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me have a sip of that. Yeah. Sandbar Tropical IPA. Lone, you on one with that one. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that, different, yeah, dude. That's different. That's way different. That hit different. Yeah. 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 All right, Lone Art. Lone Oak, my bad. <laughs> yeah, you got me with that one. You got me with that one. You got that was tests. it. That was it. Right. That was it. And you know, you know, dude, I do not do IPAs. I can't stand them. So as you as you were saying, this is my this is my tie-in. This is where this is how we can end it, which is ending it, which is where we are now. So with Banished, the heaviest band that I've ever been in, there was a lot of metal parts to the metal songs. You know, there's a lot of break beats and blast beats and breakdowns and uh, intros and shredder parts and whatever, you know, like I was I was just putting tons of metal muscle into these songs to make them, you know, just turn people's heads around. But every single song I wrote for Banished, which was only nine songs, I would have some part that was my own. Like one little riff, one groove that we can take that just had this something you can dance, something you can shake your butt to, just like yeah, Go-Go, yeah. you know? 
know what I'm saying? Just yeah. something that yeah. no matter who you are, you can kind of just like get down with this part because it's just a good hook. It's a yeah. good rhythm, you know? Yeah. And that I think is also what separated us from all the other brutal metal bands out there is we we had a soul to us. We definitely weren't, we didn't sound like a bunch of machines going off at the same time. We sounded like something organic, like something alive, you know? So now that I shook off my metal uh, hijinks or whatever you want to call it, now I'm more able to just focus on my own groove and what I want to write. And it's not really me trying anymore to be a heavy metal band or a punk band or, a, you know, any any specific genre. I think I'm just cool enough sticking with rock and roll as as a just general term. And I, I can do what I feel is best, you know? So that's where I'm at now. That's me now is writing for the sake of writing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. It definitely, uh, it definitely, it feels more natural now playing the stuff that we're playing now and by the stuff we mean uh the new band is called uh the tens roar i'm still iffy on the roar part i i i want the tens no it's not the ten wait it's the ten the ten or the tens the ten roars right i wasn't sold on the roars to begin <laughs> with like i'm telling you i said the tens so you want to be the tens and roar. you added roars hmm. you said the ten roars dude we roar I don't know how else to put it, but some bands wail, some bail, some bands uh, jive. You know, oh, we we roar. we roar, man. We roar. Yeah, we we, we tend to roar. You know, um, <laughs> the tens roar or the ten roars. I don't know, man. I, I you know we've got plenty of time. We need to finish actually putting our stuff down and get some artwork made. Yeah, we're coming at you. We're coming at you. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people that know us would be at this stage be proud of the stuff that we uh we're doing now. And we we think every person that has stuck through this with us uh since De Novo, since the basement shows at How Daddies and, and all sorts of cr whatever craziness we were going through. <laughs> we think everybody that stuck with yeah, us. Yeah, um, you know, the the old heads from back in the day, when they get wind of this and what we've done now, they're gonna be just like, yeah. you know, they're gonna be, uh, they're they're gonna be super super happy that we were that we're still That's able to we, create. Yeah, yeah, we're still man. able to create, yeah, man. Like everybody that like we've outlasted so many, and we knew so many bands, yeah, man. man. With so many bands, and we've outlasted so well, many people. Outlasted though is is because look, for a while we were no go. We weren't around for a long time, man. There were a bunch of years, especially when the kids were really young, that we were hyper-focused on making well, ends meet, well, you know? Well, okay, so, all right. Because, There's always a chance, is what I'm trying to say. There's always yeah, a chance yeah, to come yeah. back. Our hiatus was kind of forced on us because we had we had done the work of, of where we wanted to go with the banish, and we did the work. We put our effort in. We put our time in, and because of a certain situation— that didn't didn't pan out we all got like we started you know we would it would only jam every once in a while and it only be the four of us you know what i mean like and then when covid hit it was like ah uh, man covid is talking about banished was 10 years ago no no banished banished i'm oh, saying oh, because oh like how did we I, actually get back into it? ah gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah yeah so so banished was over probably 2014 15 like stick a fork what? in her, she's done. It was after the kids were born. So that's got to be 2000. Zia was 2013. So it's got to be, it's got to be slightly after that. I want to say we stopped playing, playing. Because we were semi, we were semi doing stuff. Where, uh, after Kenzie was born. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, even after that, um, 
we hadn't done no shows, but we were still jamming and stuff. Cause we stayed jamming for a while. Yeah. The, and then the only time we would jam was man night. Not to point fingers at anyone in the banished, you know? Call them out. Without Call them out. Call them out. Keep it all the way. Keep it real. I'm saying without pointing fingers. No, keep it real. I think we, the band got to a point where our own lives were busy enough that, look, if you're in a rock band and you're serious about it, when you start turning down shows, like when shows are being offered to you from your management company or whatever, and you say, oh man, I got something going on that night, I can't do it. And then the next show comes around, nah, man, that's that's the night that I got to watch the kids because my wife is working that night, I can't do it. Then the next night comes around and oh right, man, I'm busy right, there. Like, right. it, it wasn't that that was the main So th- So then we got in a tiff about it and we decided like, why are we turning down shows? So then we started taking on shows and then having to pull out of shows when we realized that we couldn't play them. So that's when we accepted a gig. And two weeks before, we pulled out because we're like, there's too much other stuff going on. We're sorry, man. Sorry to give you notice, but we're not going to make it. The Banish got to the point where we were not doing a very good job at being a band, meaning that... Our pro- productivity was horrible. Yeah. We, what you're going to do, look, if you start turning down shows and then you start taking on shows like out of guilt and then faking on them, you know, giving them notice, uh, you're going to start to earn a bad reputation and you're, you know, you're not going to get any more shows. So for me, this is, I guess it's personal. You might have a different opinion than me, but I knew how to do the job and be in the game the right way. I'd been in it long enough for 10 years, more than 10 years at that point that I knew how to do it correctly. So there's no way that I'm going to be in a band and not do it correctly, then who am I fooling, you know? So that was kind of when I put my foot down, or at least when I lost hope and I said, you know what, man, like, if we're not going to do this right, I don't think we should do it at all. Yeah, and that was, it's got to be at least six, seven years ago since the end of The Banished. It's been, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so that is where you were at with COVID. You said COVID happened. Yeah, well, because of COVID is when, because I know during COVID, because me and you and Frank were only jamming, like, every once in a while and then we were still in our every once in a while phase when COVID hit and one day Tanya just looked at me and was like you miss it don't you and I'm like uh yeah like yeah especially now you're sitting in the house and you can't do nothing like yeah man hell yeah I miss my drum set yeah man I miss my drum set that's all the only other uh outside of Tanya McKenzie the only other faithful female in my life you know what I'm saying (laughs) Dude, you know, it's the only live music, except for little things here and there, you know, outdoor stuff, but it's the only real live music I've heard in the past year and a half has been the music we've created. Yeah, man. Yeah, ain't no no concerts to go to. It's been tough, bro. Yeah. It's been tough, man. We can't even go, we can't even go see our boy, man. Dude. Yeah. We can't even go see our boy. Yeah. And from from what he's telling me, man, like... That's just how it's going to be for a while. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that they got to go through to play shows and, like, I don't... I'm good. Like, I don't want you jamming something in my nose every three days just to play a show. Well, you know what's funny is part of me wonders... The only time crunch I'm in with this new music that we're writing is I want to get this music done before all restrictions are lifted and everybody starts to, like, whatever dreamland that everyone's thinking our future 
future is going to be, with right? The, with the <laughs> irresponsibility that's going on in the world right now. It might take a while. Yeah. It yeah, might take yeah. a while. <laughs> we'll be three albums in. Right. <laughs> but it is in my head, like, you know, the, I, re- I feel like the only way I was able to focus enough on this is because I literally didn't have anything else to do at the time. There was right. nothing else right. to do. Right. So I actually got back in gear and made some made some riffs and started bringing them to you guys. And, you know, now there's this small handful of new songs that I hope everybody loves and appreciates, you know, and I'm, I'm working on the other side of it to try to do a full length album just for the sake of it. Because I got to tell my story. Yeah. We, yeah. we have still, to tell our story. We're still telling our stories. Yeah. Out of, gosh, man, we have so much music recorded this day novo. Out of the stuff we did with The Banish and the stuff we're doing now, like we still have a story to tell. As long as, I think as long as you are a conscious musician, you're going to always have a story to tell. Because nowadays, man, every musician, if you're in a band or something, you know you had a rough because not every show was hit. Not every... You know what? I want to give shout outs to two musicians that have recently passed away and whose bands have not missed a step. I want to give a shout out to Dusty Hill, the original bass player of ZZ Top, who passed away not too long ago. This is only a couple months ago now. And ZZ Top was playing shows like the following week with Dusty's hat hanging on his microphone stand on stage with a fill-in bass player. And the other one is Charlie Watts, the drummer of the Rolling Stones, passed away. Well, this is this is way more recent. This is that like had been, a month ago. Yeah, I didn't even hear about that. Dude, this is, yeah. Charlie Watts, you know, the only original yeah, drummer yeah, of Rolling Stones. Yeah. He passed away maybe about a month ago. The Rolling Stones played St. Louis, Missouri the other night to launch their Stadium America show. Like, the Rolling Stones are out still playing. Those guys are old. You know, like they are as old as dirt Bruh. and they still are going up and doing it. And people ask why, like, oh, well, how can they just go back to playing after after they're a member of the band died? How can they just jump back in and act like this? And even Slipknot's doing it, you know? Uh, I mean, Joey quit years ago, yeah, Joe, but, yeah, but still, yeah, yeah. people wonder why. I know why, because I've been a musician, you know? Yeah. Like, and look, me and you, Tez, here on this table, I hope we never die. I'm trying to never die, you know? <laughs> sure. It'll probably, I'll probably lose that battle someday, but I can try, we, you know? We're all going to lose that battle, bro. You're <laughs> yeah. not alone on that one. But I can at least attempt, you know? I can attempt to never die, you know? I can promise you, you're not by yourself on that one. But dude, 100%, someday after me or you or both of us are gone, I want our music to continue. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Like, that's the whole whole reason for me doing it in the first place, man. It it shouldn't die with me. It shouldn't die with you. It should keep going. So uh, we're on our way to the park. To go for a walk, and I played hard. I was playing Hard's Way on the way to the park, and Kenzie was like, "Daddy, is this you? Is this you?" And I was like, "Nah, man." But like the fact that you know what I mean, like her, her, bro. I kid you not. I want to say her entire first grade year on the way of me dropping her off to school, she had to hear Daddy's group. Yeah, don't know the name, uh. but uh, it's uh the wit- witnesses, witnesses, witnesses. Yep, that's she a wicked, had that's a, to that's hear. a wicked time bro, right that's there, a, man. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a tough album, bro. Like that's a tough joint. And we like we. It was our. It was uh. If 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 you're a Nirvana fan, it was like the De Novo version of uh, In Utero. It was like when we were really like kind of torn apart, and it you can hear it in the music, uh, uh, you know, in all of our parts. But uh, witnesses remember putting the show on hold until Ted showed up with the CDs. The release, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. he came down from Philly. Yeah, he came down from Philly. The he growlers. Was late. Yeah, it was late. Well, I mean, you know, traffic we in Philly would, is we terrible. Were not you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> we would not play until yeah. he showed up, and all the other bands had played. Yeah, dude, you got to make. 
make him sweat. Yeah. Got to make yeah. him sweat. And we were like, he showed up with the CDs and he announced us. Remember, he uh, yeah, he yep, got on the mic yep, and announced yep, it and announced us out. Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, man. That was yeah, awesome. Man. So, bro, all right. Because, I, man, I know people want to hear us talking and everything, but. This is how we give you uh, give you something to want. So the next time we come back, which is gonna be soon, yes. so we need to make this routine. We got to make this routine, bro. This got to be. We're gonna we we gonna be we gonna be coming at y'all a lot a lot more than possibly <laughs> what we want to because we about to go heavy. We about to go real <laughs> heavy, man. I just feel because music is still going, we're still going. The art is still out there, so we you know we want to use this to boost people, man. And there's so many people that I want to bring on that I'm talking, man. I didn't I like. Like I got beat makers. I got, and like I said, I, I like we're anybody. An artist is an art. It doesn't have to be music. Doesn't always have to be, you know, I'm talking about DJs, clothing designers. I got people lined up, man. I got people lined yeah, up. Yeah, dude. Look, I think that these first couple episodes that we're doing where we're just kind of figuring all this out in the bohemian way and scratching the surface, I think that folks are going to hear what we're talking about here. And if it's something that they can go along with then holler at us oh for sure yeah for you sure. know no matter who you are you for know sure. like yeah. like i said at uh you know on the first episode if you are an artist and you're trying to get your your music out there right now during covid you everybody needs an avenue everybody needs an avenue this is just another one so come on here bring your music bring your your clothing bring your snacks if you do full we'll supply some beer if you yeah. need some beer if you do beer <laughs> if not you know you see the routine of the show man we're just gonna talk music we're gonna discuss what you got going on if it's shows if it's you made a new hat and it's, it's popping <laughs> this is it this is where you want to be this is where you want to be so uh with that being said, man. Dude, we did it. And we yeah, did it bro. without we, we even without our producer. Although without we did him. we did have to stop yeah. and give him a quick emergency <laughs> call. But we made it through all right. As long as these files transfer, you're gonna yeah, be hearing from good, us bro. again. We're good, bro. <laughs> Real soon. We're good, bro. To the world, man. We love y'all. Thank you for rocking with us. Thank Support you. Support uh, yes. CF Cystic Fibrosis, if we all know what it is. Quick shout out again. Thank you, Lone Oak, for the delicious beers for the day. Go check them out. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank y'all. Social media coming soon. I swear to you, it's coming soon. We love y'all. We out. Peace.